The following commercial is strictly for informational purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or investment or to participate in any trading strategy. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. Individuals should consult their financial advisors before making any investment decisions. Blue Marble Research is an investment advisory company specializing in investment strategies using only exchange-traded funds. By making sector, country, and thematic bets solely with ETFs, Blue Marble Research shows how to blend sound, fundamental, and technical analysis to tilt the investment odds in your favor. If you're looking for a way to manage your assets more effectively, Blue Marble Research can show you the way. For more information, go to bluemarbleresearch.com or send an email to Blue Marble Research President Vinny Catalano at Vinny at bluemarbleresearch.com. That's V-I-N-N-Y at bluemarbleresearch.com. Blue Marble Research, managing your assets in the turbulent times ahead. What do they know? Welcome to the only podcast where our fantasy draft matters just enough to where people want to watch it. It's the 22 Weeks Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Place2BeNation.com, and 22 Weeks Podcast.wordpress.com. I'm your host, as per usual. In week 21, we are at the finish line. We're almost there. What the hell are we going to do for 30 weeks? Drink. Um, I'm going to work on bad impressions of former professional wrestling general managers. Stick to what you know. Good. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, I hear there's another sport called baseball. I'm going to check that out. Uh, yeah, we're not doing a show about baseball. It's impossible. It is. It's like doing a fantasy baseball league. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, joining me, as usual, the panel of Pigskin Prognostication. Joining us this week, Matt Foster, Tom Garrett, Alex Soberman, the gang is all here that is not enlisted to do service for this nation's military. So we're talking a lot this week. First off, let's get the joke out of the way. People were playing with deflated balls, allegedly. Uh, That's not funny, Matt. Some people have real problems. Look, just because you and the Riddell Corporation have heat does not mean you have to bring it onto this podcast. I wanted an XFL ball. I don't care if they didn't make them. Ah, <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, so according to uh, sources of various places, 11 of the 12 balls used in the AFC title game between the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. Hold on, let me revise that. 11 of the 12 balls used in the evisceration of the Indianapolis Colts by the New England Patriots were under def- were deflated. They were not at proper weight for an NFL game, and they might have been doctored. Now, I don't think that really had anything to do with the fact that the Patriots won 45-7, to but it has turned into this week's, oh my god, the sky is falling, Bill Belichick is the devil. Foster, you're our resident Bill Belichick is a devilologist. What are your thoughts? I didn't know I told you about that. Um... <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of shocked. I'm not shocked Bill Belichick cheated at all. He's got a history of it. I'm kind of shocked it was the Patriots that did it and not Jarrah first, though. Fair enough. <laughs> or at least got caught. I think he does get caught like way before the game, like eight hours before the game. They just have an official there at the building from like midnight till when the game is over just to make sure he doesn't pull any snidely whiplash kind of material. 
I think it was one of yeah. Lucretia's jobs. <laughs> oh, poor Lucretia. But, yeah, uh, Tom, does this matter? Does it make any sense? Who gives a damn? I think that, to use an analogy from another sport, I think that Bill Belichick and or, if you just want to call it organizationally, the Patriots, they are like Hendrick Motorsports in NASCAR. Specifically, a few years ago, Jimmy Johnson's team, who were pretty much, uh, big picture-wise, unbeatable. He won five championships in a row, and it seemed like what would happen with Jimmy Johnson and prior to that, Jeff Gordon, when he was having his run of success, would be they would do something that was maybe a bending of the rules, but not so much of an infraction that they could necessarily be punished for it. But NASCAR, because NASCAR is run entirely differently than the NFL or any other major sport is run, they would just change the rules immediately because they can do that because they're essentially an oligarchy, whereas every other sport is uh, a collection of owners who have franchises. And I think that in the case of Bill Belichick, this is, again, they will do whatever they think is necessary to get an advantage, however slight, because the NFL, as we know, is, is a league built on parity. And I think that this was unquestionably deliberate. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a determining factor in the game. The Patriots were going to win that game by four or five touchdowns, no matter what PSI the, the footballs had. But at the same time, I do think it's suggestive of this idea of this stereotype of the Patriots being an organization more so even than other NFL organizations that will bend the rules. Uh, and I, I'm sure that there will be a fine of some kind forthcoming, possibly the loss of a draft pick over this. And it's, I think just one final thought on it. You look at this and you say, well, what difference did it possibly make? Well, ultimately in terms of the outcome, none, but at the same time, think about it from this perspective. It's such a small thing. And yet the Patriots know that if they get caught, as they did in this instance, that it's going to be a major media firestorm. You've got a week off here where now they have to answer questions about this thing. And it potentially could could end up you know, costing them money or some slight draft pick or whatever. That is a almost pathological level of competitiveness, even within the context of professional sports where just about everyone is pathologically competitive. I mean, it's there. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Patriots have been as, as successful as they have for as long as they have. That, that is a fair point. It, it does. It does make sense that it would be, you know, it's, it, they have a history of it. That organization is driven to win. It's kind of like SMU in the eighties to draw another comparison from a different <laughs> sport that they are built to win they need to win bill belichick is the most driven man in sports and tom brady obviously is one of the best quarterbacks but also a very driven athlete who wants to win the patriots are built on the backbone of not only great players but also some of the smartest tactics in sports but this is this isn't a tactic this isn't even i mean i'm i'm sorry to to blow on here but uh 
I got to take exception with one thing that Tom said. This isn't a bending of the rules. This is a breaking of the rules. They broke the rules. So and, and they did it with the knowledge of the worst that can happen to them is a $25,000 fine and a loss of a draft pick. And obviously the organization, whether it is Belichick or Bob Kraft or whoever it is that made these decisions, they obviously said, OK, we can afford to take that hit. You know, this is this is just arrogance, in my opinion. And it's the kind of arrogance that I'm sorry, but the if the NFL doesn't come down on this, then then they might not. They might as well just take their discipline committee and and disband it But because they don't they won't go down. They won't do anything. But is it I've not been following the story uh, all that much because I find all of it to be ludicrous. Like the idea of them doing it, and it's this... entirely ludicrous. And, and, but and, uh, they, it seems that they did it. So, but yet again, we—I watched a special on the Travel Channel about the Cleveland Browns. Yes, that is a thing that happened. That was a a special series, what? and wow, and it was about the Cleveland Browns and this town. I forget if it was the Travel Channel or Wait, somewhere. They else. did something celebratory about Cleveland on yeah, television. It, it was yeah, and it was right around the time that. Uh, they were cops. <laughs> it was not cops. Uh, it was around the time that the Browns were bought by Jimmy Haslam. And it was this whole thing about rebuilding Cleveland. And one of the things they were talking about was Phil Dawson, the, the former punter of the Browns, and how he would mark up and scoff up his balls, which out of context sounds very dirty. But... In, I'm giggling like a child. Yes, you are. But in the grand scheme of things, he crafts the balls to be a certain way. That is something that happens all the time in the NFL. Brad Johnson paid ball boys at the Super Bowl $7,500 to mark up and screw with the footballs. So this is not just a Bill Belichick thing. This is a constant thing in the NFL. And if somehow they were able to gimmick those balls, 11 of the 12 balls, after the NFL inspects them, then yes, they are supervillains. Bill Belichick is the Darth Vader of pro football. God bless him. Because he's the smartest man in the room. The difference between, you know, everybody else and... and Bill Belichick is remember the first rule of everything. It's not a crime unless you get caught. I'm going to, bo- got- I'm going to borrow another analogy from Jesse to body Ventura. Win if you must lose if you have to, but always cheat. The, the new England Patriots are the wrestling heels of pro football because oh, no matter God. what they do, no matter what they do, no matter any facet of their organization, no matter how much Bob Kraft, Tom Brady, and all those people give to charities, how ingratiated that team is into the city of Boston and the area of Massachusetts and New England, no matter how much good they do, they always turn into the heels. They are John Cena. They are pro football's version of John Cena because there are people that will defend the New England Patriots to the death. And there kind will of be ironic that they're also from uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, it's the same it's, damn state. It is. It's a little ironic. Uh, but also the fact that there's the other side of it, 
that no matter what the Pats do, no matter where they stand in the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the now the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics are like this too. There is not a lot of gray area for these franchises, especially franchises with a lot of success in a short period of time. There are going to be the staunch defenders and the staunch just general, I hate them, they are garbage people, they are a garbage team, and they're a garbage city. And I think once you get past that, there's a lot of minutiae minutia there. And there's a lot of things going into what New England does that in comparison to the rest of the league might be going on everywhere. Well, here's another thought on this. Yeah. Uh, just I'll throw this out to all you guys. One thing that struck me about this, and I'm not a Patriots fan, I'm not a Bill Belichick fan. If you look at, of course, the big Spygate controversy from several years ago, and then you look at this by comparison, minor, but still certainly a, a violation of the rules. Does anybody think that these two incidents are isolated things eight years apart and there's nothing in between where they didn't get caught? Or do we all kind of agree that this is probably the kind of thing they do on a regular basis and it's just that this time they happen to get caught? Oh, I'm positive that that's the case. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge or anything. But if you're look if you're a fan of any other team than the New England Patriots, you look at this and you're saying to yourself, "Well, what? Yeah, what could, what did they do that they didn't get caught with? You know, and and you know, as much as I believe that this is like the the, the stupidest thing you can get caught for, you know, of all the things that one can do to throw a you know to throw momentum behind you in a game. This is like the least you could do. Um, I, I just, I'm like, it, it just like at some point someone has to say, if the, if the, if the integrity of the game is that much of, you know, uh, of an issue to the NFL that they care that much about it, you know, then they have to say, all right, no, this, this is, this has got to stop or this is, there's got to be some sort of investigation into, you know, the whole thing. And, you know what? I think the biggest punishment that the NFL could give right now, and I think I, they should consider it, how about a one-game suspension for Bill Belichick for this season? Are you suggesting you suspend him for the Super Bowl? Yes. That's stupid. I, well, yeah, I don't know if that would fly. No. You, you, uh, would, yeah. you would not only devalue the Super Bowl by doing that, you would devalue... Any semblance of victory, if Seattle won, you're devaluing the game because now, oh, the biggest game of the year and the greatest coach in the NFL and arguably the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League is not allowed to coach in the Super Bowl because of a few footballs? For, as Because... <laughs> it's like you know, you're just, know. It's a spite thing. It's a it's spite. An, it's a spite thing. You want to spite Bill Belichick for getting away with something, but he didn't get away with it. Well, That's he, the thing. He didn't get or, away. With you're it. you're spiting him for the most insignificant thing. It's like getting Al Capone on tax evasion. But you still got him. 
It's that's the it's difference. Stupid though. It's not I like know, he it set. It's not like he set a basket of kittens on fire on the fifty yard line. But it's just not. But that's not against. Time, Joe. Yeah. With, with, with all due respect, Matt, that's not a violation of the NFL rules. Out of that's all of the things in- that have violated the NFL rule book this year, out of all of them, this we had two players. Technically, three kicked off of their teams for off-the-field offenses. No matter where, no matter how you strike it, what they did was terrible, deplorable. Whatever you want to say about it, that those unconscionable things were not in the rule book. Mm. This one is, but also, what is the what is the violation on it? What what happens if they do anything? Like why why would you do something right before? Why would you ban him before the Super Bowl? Why would you want to put more heat on your league, more heat on yourself? And why would you want to do anything to cause Bill Belichick to be more pissed off? It's bad for the league to do that. Suspend him. Two weeks in the regular season, ban him for the whole preseason, ban him from training camp for two weeks. You don't ban him from the Super Bowl. Well, what about, okay, so let me ask this. What if one of the players was found violating the player conduct policy between today and the Super Bowl? Then you ban him. There's something different there. There's something different there. There's a difference between committing a crime or committing an offense than doing something so in so minute to what actually happened in that game. How much did you think those under-deflated balls caused the final score to change? It doesn't matter. No, 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 it does. It does matter. It does matter because you're talking about the quality of the game. No, I'm talking about the integrity of the rules of the National Football League. There's this, the same rules that govern, you know, uh, how a player can can hit somebody, and this and the rules as to how the you know what the inflation level of the ball is as to you know and and what's an illegal pass and what's a legal pass, it, you know, <laughs> it's it's the same thing. It's a you know there's diff- if if a player were to t- were to hit somebody into kingdom come on the field, whether it was intentional or not, it still is reviewed and it's still brought up on a charge. The player could be, you know, um, acquitted of that mm-hmm. by the league rules. But if he's found to have done it maliciously and with intent, that player's going to face a suspension and a fine. Of course. But also the Indomitian Sioux thing. There's a lot of shades of gray there. Find them, mm-hmm. let them coach. Find him and then let he, him coach. Then he gets what. Then he get. Then he wins. Then he just wins because that's what he wanted. The he NFL. Figured, I'll, I'll get if, fine. If Belichick does not coach in the Super Bowl, the NFL loses. The NFL loses because you're taking away one of your most valuable assets, one of your biggest revenue drivers, and you're basically saying, "I'm going to throw that away." And I'm going to follow the rules to an absurd level, to an extreme, to where at a point the NFL should not be thinking in extremes. 
because they're we've not- seen them in extremes this year, and it does not work. Banning him from the Super Bowl is an extreme. It is. But if the Colts had won and Chuck Pagano had done it, would you say they should have banned Chuck Pagano because he's not a financial driver of the Super Bowl? I mean, it seems no, like you the don't, argument you don't know, is- but you don't you don't suspend the head coach of a team before the Super Bowl unless okay, he did so it's, something completely it's, unconscionable. But it, but the point is, I mean, it sounded like the argument you were making was because Belichick is so high profile, it would be counterproductive to their financial bottom line to ban him before the Super Bowl. And so that's why you don't do it. But if, it, if he were some anonymous, I mean, to the general public, some anonymous head coach like Bruce Arians or Chuck Pagano. Jack Del Rio. I, I would still know? say you don't ban no, him. No, I agree I mean, with I, that. I just mean the blowback would be insane if they did it to Belichick. The media circus would not stop. With this. I will, also, I, I will say, though, I don't think it matters. It matters in the sense of public discussion about it and ESPN, et cetera. But I don't think it matters in terms of the punishment, whether the violation of the rule had an impact on the game. I mean, it, it might it might change the calculus of we might have to take a more drastic action because we actually think this affected the ultimate outcome of the game. But I'm saying if it had been 21 to seven or 21, nothing instead of 45 to seven, I don't think the punishment becomes, becomes more severe. I mean, I just, this is a kind of an extreme example, but you know, the Watergate break in didn't affect the 72 presidential election. Nixon was going to win big either way, Which is but the point is, is that there was, there was still something there that was uh, heinous and criminal. And I think that, in this case, you know, the rule violation is a rule violation. And you, you know, you treat it the same. I mean, you, I'll put it this way. If the Patriots had lost 45 to seven, I think they should, they would still get the same punishment. You wouldn't say, well, you know, it, it didn't obviously didn't help. So we're going to, you know, look the other way on it or whatever. But anyway. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm saying that that's a supposing to Belichick is a hypothetical and it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to happen to be quite honest. It, 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 what would, uh, as is with, you know, as Tom brought up Watergate, which is the original gate of all of these gates, deflate gate, spy gate, ball gate, whatever Antonio you want to call gates. these things. Yeah, Antonio Gates. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. You know, if, if they keep trying to cover their tracks and stuff, that's one thing. But you know what, yeah, this is, this get, you know what, is this is worthy of a fine, and a draft pick loss, maybe they're not going to suspend Bill Belichick, you know. And as much as you know, I feel that his his action should be looked at from his career. And I don't think that he is the greatest coach in the whoever coach in the National Football League. I still think that's Don Shula. Um, really, Shula? He's the winningest coach in the history of the NFL, and the only one to oversee a undefeated year. Fair enough. I, I have my picks, but that's me. Uh, There's also I Vince Lombardi. The, I would but... say the, yeah, I would say the greatest coach of all time is Lombardi. The greatest coach of my lifetime is Joe Gibbs. Well, you're that that's true. If you're a Washington Redskins <laughs> fan, I would not disagree with that. And if you are a Jets fan, the greatest coach that you've ever seen is Bill Parcells. Uh, but and also the same kind of if you're a Giants fan too. Uh, but to be fair, I mean, 
okay, so Belichick did this. He did it. You know, he's never ever. The one thing that Bill Belichick will never ever get again is the benefit of the doubt from the public opinion of people. He's never going to get the benefit of the doubt again. He's lost that. So anything else that people that things that may or may not have happened that come up with his name on it are going to be, you know, people are going to say, yeah, he probably did it. But whether whatever he, you know, as far as the NFL is concerned, they have their process. They'll do their thing. They will see if it was intentionally, you know, under deflated and they will assign penalties. You know, watch, they'll find out that the soul has to do with a faulty gauge to measure the, the air pressure. It's a, it's either that or something caused the footballs to shrink. Like there's 87 different things that can happen right now. And either way, either way, I think they should call, either way, they should call Jimmy Johnson about extends for football. I, I I saw a video for that same joke earlier today. It's, it's getting, it's getting stupid. It's getting a little silly. We're three days into this. At least it's saving us the same tired video package over and over and over. That's fair enough. Um, (laughs) one, one last quick comment on this. I don't know if you guys have ever actually, you guys probably have, cause you, I know you, at least a couple of you have been to the NFL films and probably pro football fame and stuff. If you've ever held a fully inflated NFL football, that's inflated to regulation. It is. I mean, even compared to like a high school football, it's, it's pretty big. And the fact that I, I think one thing I heard a little bit of in the last 24 hours about this was, well, it's you know it doesn't really make that big of a difference between because you're talking about you know basically two pound two, two psi, not that big of a deal. Let me tell you something. That is a big difference. And I'll tell you what, the fact that Dequell Jackson could tell. I mean, he's in the heat of battle, and he picks a ball off, and he can instantly tell that there's something not right. I mean, that is that isn't a big difference. That's not like so, something that you really even have to. I mean obviously didn't have to measure it. He just no. held it in his, his hands and knew immediately there was something wrong with the ball. Yeah, so, and if you, know, if you played ahead. football at any level, like you played football in high school and on different levels, I played flag football, but I and I also played football growing up. You know when a ball is deflated. You can feel it in your hands. And it's very easy to find, every, very easy to see that. Now, if the referees didn't catch that during the game, there's a lot of things wrong with the NFL. But do you remember there there was like a, a moment in the game? I think it was the I think it was that game where there was like this weird delay and it looked like they were changing balls and there was a do you remember, do you guys remember that? I remember and, that and, vaguely, very vaguely. Yeah, I kind of checked out on that game halfway through. Uh, I had some things to well, I had some things to do and also it was a blowout, so I was like I I can't justify watching this anymore. Um, but as, the pers- as a person rooting for the Colts, I was like, why, why God? Yeah, why? I was sad because it screwed up my pick, but, um, gentlemen, we're going to go to break. It's a very good conversation. Uh, when we come back, I will explain why I'm wearing a Terrell Owens Eagles Jersey right now. And also we'll be talking about how to fix the pro ball. This is a 22 weeks podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, place to be nation.com and 22 weeks podcast.wordpress.com. That's Cat Stevens, and uh, we're at our uh, transmitter site, Scott Newman, here at WFM in New York. And...
Hello, Fred. This is Bob Grant with you on WABC. How are you, Bob? Uh, first time caller. I've, I've never really been motivated enough to call, but this time I... Racist, homophobic pig playing crappy music, and no one's gonna listen to your station, and you're gonna die old and alone because you're bad at your job, and no one thinks you're hot. And and up next, dedicated to Veronica, is "Ashes in the Air" by the Flaming Lips. I'm Seth with KY and the Web of Wibbly, reminding you, I love and accept everybody. If you like what you heard, you can download new episodes of KY every Thursday night on iTunes or on our website, kyradio.wordpress.com. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, so are we. Look us up at KY Radio. If you want to shoot us an email, go to kyradiostation at gmail.com. KY, hating radio, one caller at a time. Wrestling fans, Jim Ross comes to the New York Tri-State area on Friday, January 23rd, and Sunday, January 25th, with his speaking tour, Ringside, an evening and afternoon with Jim Ross. Get a chance to see Jim Ross speak about his life, career, and a whole lot more at the Starland Ballroom, Friday, January 23rd at 7 p.m., and at the Trocadero Theater in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on Sunday, January 25th at 3 p.m. For tickets and more information, Go to AXS.com. That's AXS.com to get your chance to sit ringside with Jim Ross. This is how couples are going to be in the 21st century. Mm. They're going to be podcasting. Oh, all rela- all relationships are going to be podcasted. You know that, right? It's really upsetting to me and makes me feel like this is not a good idea. You see yourself in a living room two decades older than you are today. You are watching a Canadian football game and you are extremely happy. You are wearing a CFL jersey. Your chair is surrounded by books and magazines that promote the Canadian Football League and there are CFL pennants covering your walls. The next day, you are flipping through television channels and randomly come across a preseason CFL game between the Toronto Argonauts and the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Knowing your inevitable future, do you watch it now? I really don't have a problem with it because it's not like you're asking me to do something extremely dire or extremely against my own set of ideals. I like football. I like the National Football League, mainly because I'm not Canadian. And (laughs) there were two Rough Riders at one point in the CFL, so I really feel like I can't take a league seriously if there were two teams with similar names in the same league. I would be, I, like, I know if, like, if someone presented me with this, like, this is your fate, this is your crystal ball, I'd be like, no, fuck you, no, no, I'm not doing it, because I don't like that, I'm not going to want anything to change, I, you know, my interests I like, what I, what I like I like, I want it to sort of stay that way. I would say no, I would turn it off and avoid it at all costs, because I, I'm... I would think I have you the ability... You want more control of your own destiny. Yeah. This is what happens. We, we argue and ramble about things that don't really make sense to us and we're offensive to Canadians. 
Till next time, there's really no small talk, just small people. We'll see you real soon. The No Small Talk Podcast. New episodes every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on nosmalltalkpodcast.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter at No Small Talk Pod and like us on Facebook by searching No Small Talk. No Small Talk. Doesn't matter what you think, it's how you think. podcast that would wear a ridiculous jersey just because we want to feel pretty it's a 22 weeks podcast on itunes stitcher place to be nation.com and 22 weeks podcast.wordpress.com i'm your host the lead sports yeller matt ryan joined by the other sports yellers tom garrett alex silberman and matt foster gentlemen this sunday is one of my favorite days of the year do you know why the royal rumble exactly (laughs) And while I am at the Royal Rumble, Ooh. the Pro Bowl's going on. What number did you draw? <laughs> um, I actually, I got 27. I got 27. Oh, I, lucky I, number 27. Exactly. Son of a bitch. You see someone in a plaid jacket swinging a book and yelling, I'm a going to Santa Clara! Then then that that will be me. That will be me. Um, But if you are in Philadelphia, come say hi to me. I will be skulking in the shadows. Um, The Pro Bowl. Something that used to mean something, but now means absolutely nothing to anybody. It is now no longer the NFC versus the AFC. The NFL decided to co-op the NHL model of the All-Star Game and do a variation of shirts versus skins. This year, it is Team Irvin versus Team Carter. Ugh. Now, Odell Beckham was the first rookie and wide receiver to be picked in this draft, so I'm very happy. I don't understand why Jimmy Carter is given a fantasy team for the Pro Bowl. I mean, he has nothing to do with football. Yeah, it's uh, something to do with building houses in Glendale. Uh, Also, recompense for the 1980 election. We were so wrong. We were so very wrong. Mm. But it's kind of terrible. It's not fun. It's not good football. It's the worst all-star game, and I'm comparing it to the Major League Baseball all-star game, which is boring. And let's not forget one other really key point here, which is that not only have they, for some reason, unconferenced the game in, in in a vain attempt to try to gin up interest, but the fact that, and of course, on paper, this made some sense. The fact that they moved the game before the Super Bowl instead of after the Super Bowl because they figure, well, people are still kind of not checked out yet also takes guys from presumably the two best teams in the league or at least two of the three or four best teams completely off the table. So not only well, have how you... How often did the teams that played in the Super Bowl have players in the Pro Bowl any play in the Pro Bowl anyway? I mean, quite a bit in, up until recent years. I mean, I, the, you know, anytime you have a high-profile player who is a guy who is in the Super Bowl, it, it's irrelevant now because he's not going. He obviously can't play because his team is still playing, and that wasn't the case. I mean, you always had guys who didn't play in the Pro Bowl because obviously, if you're hurt at all, you're not going to do it. Uh, and some guys, you know, would just choose not to play. But for the most part, I mean, I, I don't have the rosters in front of me, but guys, you know, Joe Montana, 
whoever was the top quarterback in the league at the time, if he was healthy, he would play even if he had played in the Super Bowl. And that doesn't happen anymore. And I just think that that is just one additional thing that has been a detriment to that game, which is why, in my opinion, it's it's beyond repair. I, I know how to fix it, though. <laughs> how, how do you how do you fix it, Tom? Well, here's what's going to happen. Um, the Pro Bowl will cease to exist, but the weekend before the Super Bowl is still going to be a major, major football weekend because what's going to happen is when they inevitably expand the uh, D1 college football playoffs to 16 teams, they will place the championship game. I don't know if it'll be on Sunday, but it'll be, it will be that weekend, whether it's Monday night, Saturday, whatever. That's what is going to, within five years, that's going to be the model. The, the national championship football game is going to be the week before the Super Bowl when the NFL is off. That will happen. I, I don't think that they're going to – I don't think that even bringing the college football playoff to 16 would bring that to the same number of weeks. I, I mean, unless they started moving the Super Bowl back up, you know, to where it was at the end of January. Why would they do that? I, I think don't of one think very insane man in Connecticut who would not be happy about he would not, that. He would not be happy. No. no. He wouldn't be a fan. <laughs> We're supposed to do our show that week. See, I'm working on them. <laughs> uh, I think there is an actual way to save the Pro Bowl. I just think it's about it's about timing and it's about you know making their making some sort of um, I don't know some sort of uh, incentive to making players want to play the pro, pro, pro Bowl and play it well. Um, I think that the Pro Bowl should move from where it is it's, uh, time-wise. It shouldn't be after the Super Bowl. It shouldn't be before the Super Bowl. It should be moved to Hall of Fame weekend. I think we should make the Pro Bowl the Hall of Fame game. So you moved the Pro Bowl seven months I make it August. the first. I make it the first game of the year. I don't I make, like that idea. I think it would make it for a very good start to the year. You know, a, a good start to the preseason, something that, you know, gets people excited. Um, you play it, you can, and, you know, if you choose, I would, I guess that would mean having to move the game to Canton um, instead of Hawaii. But I think that actually, I think that might make for a, a better um, crowd because you know you can fill that stadium quickly um you don't have to worry about uh, an empty house uh and i think that doing that would allow for you know it's it's a good um it's a good motivator it's a good s- startup it, it, it you know it g- good media coverage for it and you know it, it will you know it, because it's the beginning of the season and it's a pre it's a preseason game uh you know, coaches aren't going to, uh, they're not going to, uh, have them play, you know, they, they'll play their high to their high level, but they won't, it will be at a preseason level instead of a postseason. every, you know, who can stand at this point, uh, your guys are out on the field, you know, I don't, I don't like it. Um, yeah, because... no offense, but that idea is bonkers. That, that, it, it also, you're, it's a, it, you're, you're not going to get the stars in the NFL playing in that game 
before the season or after the season. There's not going to be Okay, okay. So here's my hear me out. Here's another idea. Um do it like every other sport, put a bye week in the middle of the season and do it like Christmas week or do it no, Thanksgiving. Yet again, this is the most violent sport in America. Putting the All-Star game in the middle of the season makes no sense. So then really, I don't know if there is any way to save it because it, 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 who wants to play another game after the Super Bowl? Say, who wants to watch it? I say they bring back the playoff ball. Out of the two teams that lost in the conference game, in the conference title games, have them play each other. Oh, that'll be fun. That would be very fun. You get Green Bay and Indianapolis in a game where they just, you know, have fun. And they play for like, an, a, you know, a game check, like they get an extra check. That'd be a fun way to do it. It'd give teams more of an incentive, and it would uh, make the playoffs a little more interesting. And also, it would yeah, give us competitive they, football. Didn't enough. they call the playoff bowl the toilet bowl at one point? Probably, but still, it'd be better than the Pro Bowl. Uh, I think that I think really what they need to do is make put some sort of incentive to the Pro Bowl. Like, it, okay, so winner gets a free pie. Winner gets a free pie, or you know what? Do, do it some. Uh, take a page out of Major League Baseball's book. Uh, you re you bring it back to conference, AFC versus NFC, winning conference. Um, there's no we take away the coin toss from the Super Bowl. Winning conference gets to choose whether they they kick or receive or defer. You know how many owners in the NFL would cr scream bloody murder and I... and commit attempted murder on that. That Why? What does it make a damn bit of difference? It it's a 50-50 it, shot. Yeah, because it also it takes away the opportunity. It takes away. It also takes another element of drama out of the game. Mm. Like, and eliminates one of the biggest bets of the game. Exactly. That takes millions yeah. of dollars away from the gambling industry. People gamble on just the coin toss alone? People gamble sure. on what kind of Gatorade they dump on the coach. Well, that's There's stupid. It's always orange. Betters. Orange shows up best on camera. Fair enough. Well, I know what I'm betting this year. But, um, guys, it's uh, it's the end of the season. We are at week 21. Did anybody imagine a show making it to week 21? I, I thought we'd be shot in a hell of gunfire. Uh, I, 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 well, we kind of made it to this point last year, so I kind of thought it would be pretty simple for us to do it again we tried a lot harder this year though I this thought is true end up trying to fly over the sea of japan <laughs> luckily we all have survived so far uh there's a mash reference for those who I, don't get it yeah i, I got it <laughs> you whippersnappers we all we have get some it. young listeners because we're all 76 years old <laughs> um oh actually the reason why there is no playoff bowl anymore matt um is because uh, Vince Lombardi, uh, I believe the his, his line is, and you can get the the bleep button after this. He called it a shit bowl, hmm. a losers bowl for losers. Played, uh, it's a hinky dink football game held in a hinky dink town, played by hinky dink players. That's all second place is Jeez. hinky dink. <laughs> Vince Lombardi just hated losing. I, I love that. Vince Lombardi makes Vince McMahon look like a Presbyterian priest, like Steve Lombardi. <laughs> I also kind of found it funny. I kind of found it funny that Vince Lombardi called Miami a hinky dink town. He hasn't seen it lately, has he? Well, he's been uh, dead for not. forty years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a que Yeah, well, that's questionable. 
How's the question? You don't have Lombardi sightings unless someone says <laughs> cheese cove in Green Bay, pal. And I saw Vince Lombardi at the Piggly Wiggly in Sheboygan. <laughs> there's your, uh, episode there's title. your title. <laughs> yep, there we go. Vince Lombardi and a Piggly Wiggly in Sheboygan. Try to get that on the iTunes uh, on the iTunes byline. Uh, but that's the end of this week's episode. We have one episode left. And it's the Super Bowl episode. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should do like a post Super Bowl episode. We, we said predict- twenty two weeks. I mean nope. twenty two weeks. You can't wow. change the name of the show. You can't, you can't have twenty two plus one. No. What do you want? Oh well, I want to. Well, then next week we have to make to our predictions cheap. for the craziest offseason move. Exactly. We're gonna we're gonna predict where teams are. We're gonna figure out what happens next. We're gonna try to figure out who's the number one draft pick. I've got a hint for you. It's a quarterback. <laughs> and, and we've got a whole lot more for you next week on the show. But before we get out of here, we're going to do the old plug machine. Nothing like a plug machine. You can follow the boys on Twitter. You can follow Tom at the Axis of Ego. The Axis of Ego on Twitter. You can also read his work at hogshaven.com, cover32.com, and also theaxisofego.com. Tom, you got anything coming out this week? I get absolutely nothing coming out this week. It, You're welcome. You are. You are. So I am so thankful that you said that. You can also follow Matthew Foster on the Twitter machine at Matthew D. Foster. Send him a ham as well. Uh, I have enough ham. No, you don't. You can never have enough ham. You can follow Alex Soberman on Twitter at Alex, S-O-B-E, one, two, three. And you can also follow him with me down to Philadelphia this weekend. Yep, Matt and I will be spending the whole weekend together, so please keep us in your prayers. Exactly. And also keep my girlfriend in our prayers, in your prayers, because she will be with Uh, us as well. I'm more worried she's going to kill both of you. Yeah, she's she's going to be coming back, and there's going to be about 400 pounds less people there. And you can follow me on Twitter at I'm Matt Ryan, the letter I, the letter M, then my name, Matt Ryan. You can follow 22 Weeks Pod on Twitter is the place to find it. Also, if you listen to us on iTunes, leave us a subscription. Subscribe to the show. Write a review. Give us a rating. And also, if you like my work here, if you like this show, if you like me hosting things, I've got two other podcasts. You've heard the previews and the commercials for them on this show. First one is KY. That drops the same day as this podcast does today. It drops every Thursday at 11.30 p.m. 11 o'clock on the dot, pardon me, 11 p.m. on our our website, kyradio.wordpress.com. It is also on iTunes. We're going to try to get it on Stitcher this coming week. Also, you can find it on Twitter at kyradio.com. And also it's on K-W-H-Y, yes, not the word, K-Y like the, the jelly. Think of it as a radio station, the letter K, the letter W, the letter H, the letter Y. You can also find it on Facebook by looking up KY Radio. Also, the other show I do, it comes out every Monday at noon. The KY I do with the help of Stephanie Sotilli as my producer and co-writer. But Stephanie Sotilli not only is my girlfriend and my co-writer on KY, she is the co-host of No Small Talk. And that is the show that comes out every Monday at noon. You can find us on Facebook at No Small Talk. You can also find us on Twitter at No Small Talk Pod. That is No Small Talk Pod. We are also on iTunes. Search us there. You can find more information once again on Facebook by searching No Small Talk. You can find it at facebook.com slash No Small Talk 
podcast. That is No Small Talk Podcast. And online at nosmalltalkpodcast.wordpress.com. The official website is nosmalltalkpodcast.wordpress.com. This Friday and this Sunday, go to axs.com. Two great shows featuring Jim Ross, the legendary WWE Hall of Fame play-by-play announcer. Get his tickets for his show in Sayersville, New Jersey at the Starland Ballroom. January 23rd starts at 8 p.m. Go to axs.com. And then at the Underground Arts Theater in Philadelphia, a 3 p.m. start time. 1 o'clock for VIPs at axs.com. The letter A, the letter X, S.com. Till next time. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday, the season finale for season three of 22 weeks next week. We can't wait to bring it to you. Till next time, I'm Matt Ryan for Alex Silverman, Tom Garrett, and Matthew Foster. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday. This was a production of Gotta Say It Media. Executive producers Matthew Ryan and Marvin Williams. For more information, go to 22weekspodcast.wordpress.com. Hold up. 